Hey guys, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. One, it's free. Two, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Three, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many others. Four, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And five, it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It is so stinking easy. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You will not be disappointed. <clears throat> All right, everyone. My guest today is uh, the one and only Jonathan Dunn. Uh, he is host of a podcast that airs on their Blaze Radio Network called Freedom's Disciple. And Jonathan, a month ago, I didn't know who you were. And I heard you on Glenn's show. And I was fascinated by your, your, just your passion, your attitude and, and about, you know, our country. And so welcome, sir. I really appreciate your, your being on with us today. Thank you so much for having me. And wasn't your life so much better when you didn't know who I was? Well, you know, I'm, I'm on the fence on that. <laughs> I'll answer for, you know, you were better off. <laughs> no, it's, uh, it's great to have you here. And, and, uh, I just, you have such a passion for why America is great and not in an arrogant, you know, cause I've heard America is great my whole life, you know, didn't really know why. And actually, you know, probably a year ago I heard Bono was doing an interview and he talked about America as an idea and I'd never heard that before. And it takes away some of the arrogant, uh, I got my big truck and we're just better cause we're bigger kind of an attitude. And so, and you embody that. So I, I wanted to know how an Irishman can, and at what age did you start noticing the greatness of America? And, you know, what, what does that to an Irish, a young man, you know, in, in Ireland looking at America, what, what does that to you? Well, my journey has been a—it's been an amazing one. My my falling in love with America happened at very many stages. So, you know, I was very lucky. Um, in the late '80s, early '90s, I can never find out the exact day. I was an Irish guy. I was seven or eight years old, and I got an opportunity to go over to Clearwater, Florida. My grandparents' sister um, and grandparents' family, a lot of them emigrated over to America. You know, for you know the American dream for their opportunity. And her husband was very sick and had Parkinson's. So we got to go over as a family to you know see them and the reason i say that is is such a big deal is because you know today it's like you can hop on a flight there's like hundreds and thousands of flights every day you can fly ireland flies to you know you can fly to every different part of america uh, just normal thing back in the late 80s early 90s it was a big deal for an irish boy to get to england which is like 90 miles off our east coast compared to america it was a big deal so i got to go over and if you can picture this sort of eight or nine year old boy who's young who's impressionable who only understands ireland you know understands wet weather dreary weather boring climate you know everything's green and then you put him over to clearwater florida you got like sun you got warmth you got beautiful women accents palm trees you know buffets and um, different races i just was like transfixed with the culture you know i fell in love with the sports I just I just fell in love with the country. And then as I was lucky enough to, to go back over and over and over to your nation, I fell in love with your people. 
there's your people are just so amazing. They're, they're they're the exact opposite of what I'm used to. You know, you're you're optimistic. You're more open. You're you're more hopeful for the future. You're always saying, yeah, there's nothing we can't do. Yeah, we can go to the moon. Yes, we can. You know, make it brighter tomorrow. You're always just so optimistic. You know, you were never trying to pull other people down as you tend to see in like socialist nations. There was no envy of you know, well, they have that car that you shouldn't have that. You earn too much money. You know, back then. And then as I, as I fell in love with your country and I fell in love with your people, then the 2000s happened and the internet becomes popular and I was able to get access to, um, to, to a lot of your founding principles. Because I was that annoying kid who was like growing up, who was like, you know, this is the way the world is. I'm like, that doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. That doesn't sound right. But I could never provide the answers with the Internet and, you know, reading the Declaration of Independence, reading the Constitution, reading the Federalist and Anti-Federalist papers, reading other literature, you know, the writings of your founders. I was finally able to say these are the solutions. You know, these are the answers. You know, certain things like, you know, something simple that most Americans can recite is still, a you know, even in America, in many senses, is a revolutionary idea that all men are fundamentally created equal. Um, in your founders, they were very clear on that. And these ideas, and I was finally able to give the answers I was able to do with the introduction was to be able to say America is an idea, an idea. It's filled with ideals, you know, certain ideals, all men are created equal. That government is not to give you rights or to take your rights, it's to protect your rights. That everyone has a right to life, regardless of what age you are, or your background, that you have a certain right to, you know, liberty and to pursue your own happiness. You have a right to property, which was the original writing of the Declaration of Independence. You know, you have a right to free speech, you know, a right to be secure in your persons and your papers. These are from the Bill of Rights. You have all these rights. And I was finally able to get it and grasp an understanding of the way the world makes sense to me. And I've been doing everything ever since to to grow my knowledge to, you know, because I, I the more I read about America, the idea, the more I love it. And I want to promote it as best I can. And that's what I do. And you do it well. Uh, Thank you. And it's just... I'm I'm feeling very sheepish and that I have to do a lot of homework on <laughs> why because I'm here and I don't appreciate it and I hear the the efforts that you're going through trying to get here and I'm mm-hmm. I need to be have a little smackdown on myself because uh wow you know that's humbling because it's all here for me and I just I just go about my daily thing trying to survive and uh well, I think that the one thing I think that's been missing from your culture is the there's a lot of people who, number one, don't understand why America is exceptional. And I think part of the reason for that is is because you don't actually talk about principles anymore. You're so much in you know constrained in politics. You know, even people who I respect and and like and are friends with behind the industry. You know, you talk to them about you know what's life like in America today, regardless of what side they're on. Because I've got friends on both sides of the aisle, even though you know I disagree with both both said sets of my friends um but it would always be about donald trump you know if you talk about america today eventually it might take five seconds or it might take five minutes donald trump is coming up in the conversation and if you you know if you if you if it gets any further you know the republican party will come up the democratic party aoc will come up and it's like this is not what america is about especially from the presidency point of view whether this is donald trump or barack obama or you can put anybody in the white house you know the founders had a view of america where the the president if you go back to like the late 1700s the reason they were called the president the president was it was the lowest title they could think of you know it literally was a title below like you know you know uh, you know person who would pick up the trash you know they would have a higher title than that 
Um, that idea that, you know, you're not talking about it. And the few people who I do see talking about it, you know, like, you know, you it, it's like always angry. You've got to love America. You've got to. What do you mean you don't love America? How can you not love America? And I always come from the attitude of, you know what we need to do? We need to share the principles. Politics has a part, yes. And you can have a discussion over Donald Trump, whether you love him, whether you hate him, or whether you think he's okay. Um, you can have a discussion about the Republican Party and the Democratic Party. That's fine. That's for someone else to do. But I think we need to talk about the principles, the idea of America, but not do it in a way of, well, why don't you like your country? Why don't you understand your country? But to actually do it with a passion. You know, I actually believe passion sells. And if you, you know, share it with passion going, hey, this is not why you should love America. This is why I love America. Now go do your own homework. Go research the founding fathers. And the great thing about technology is it's so cheap. It's so cheap to understand. Like this is not like 25 years ago where if you heard me, you first of all, 25 years ago or even 10 years ago, we wouldn't be able to do this interview because technology wouldn't exist. But let's say you did hear me 10 years ago or 15 years ago and said, right, okay, I like John, I, I, I want to learn about my country. How do I do it? Well, you'd have to go buy a load of books and it would cost you a load of money. Now you can go to Amazon and literally get writings from the founders pretty much free. I bought, I bought this and I say I bought, that's actually a lie. I paid $0 for them. There was 16 books or 14 books from Edmund Burke of Edmund Burke's own writings. Now, truth be told, I will never read every word that's in those writings, but I bought them for $0 because they were on for my Kindle. It's so cheap. You know, you look at the Constitution, go Google it. You can do all your own homework. Go Google research of the founders and start seeing where it brings you. And then it may bring you to the Bill of Rights. It may bring you to the Declaration of Independence, whatever spikes your interest. But you can literally do it from the comfort of your own home for free. That is the great thing about it today. And if we can actually get back talking about those principles and encouraging people to go learn from themselves, I think we have a very bright future as a world. Yeah. Yeah. It's all free and easy, and I think that that therein lies some of the problem, because it is so. Well, I can just go get it whenever. I don't really need to do it right now. I don't need to put any effort into it because I can go whenever. Mm -hmm. I, I think things. I think there's a lot of that, and it's. I do, and I think if with passion, that's how we change it. That you know, someone, whether it's me, hopefully it's me, or it's other people, that they will hear someone, whether it's on radio or TV or in interviews or through a book, where they go, "Wow, I've got this passion for America. I heard something I didn't hear today. I've never heard it before. I want to go research that. I want to go see if that person is found." And then that hopefully is the spark. Whereas I think a lot of people haven't got that spark lit under them because it's either not been taught or it's like, "Well, you have to underappreciate America. You have to. What do you mean you don't love America?" And there's no, there's like, okay, yeah, I'll go learn about it tomorrow. Yeah, America's great. America's wonderful. Yeah, I got, I got it. I'm, I'm full up with that. I'll, I'll do that next week. And then next week never comes. Whereas if we do with passion, you know, like the, the idea of a teacher, you know, when in school is if you can, you know, ignite your, the, your children's imagination that they go, okay, I want to learn about it. That's how I believe we do it. And, and that's what I try my best to do because I actually am really encouraged about the principles of America. I think they are still the answer to the, to the, to every problem that you face into the world faces right now and they're very much needed and if we can spark that you know enthusiasm in people not through guilt or not through anger but through passion uh, you know our future is you know is very bright you, you know and and to add to that uh just you know the 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 concept of loving your neighbor you know from christianity we, we're, we've lost that a lot and if we come to a lot of our discussions with, with an attitude of, you know, I just want to understand you not want to, I don't want to win. I don't want to destroy you. I don't want to change you or fix you. Just understand you. Then 
because you know there is a lot of passion, but it's it's fighting. It's on one side of the aisle or the other. You have to pick a side. You know, if you're not with us, you're against us, and that's where we're at. And you know, I'm here in Utah. It's very very conservative, but it's conservative almost to a fault. Where mm-hmm. you know, if someone challenges their beliefs, then they dig in their heels and they're ready to go to blows over it. And I'm like, guys, we're missing, you know, and we, we, we learn about, you know, Jesus Christ gospel every Sunday here about loving your neighbor and being kind to people, you know, start mm-hmm. there. And then, and then our discussions can be more meaningful. Mm-hmm. I agree. And it's in a very simplistic way, you know, history is wonderful. I, I love reading about history because, you know, you can, you can see polar opposites and, you know, to delve down the history of what you've just spoken about, it's incredibly important that Americans understand why the American revolution succeeded and why the French revolution failed. Like why was, they both had revolutions within 10, 15 years of each other. You had Americans in both sides in America saying the American revolution was the answer, but also France was just like you. If you have to understand why the American revolution led to 250 years of prosperity and true growth and true innovation to changing the world and why the French revolution effectively lost, it's true, you're the exact opposite. Because a lot of people like Thomas Paine was the most famous one, where it was like, they're just like us. They speak about the exact same tenets we do. The three tenets of the French Revolution, they're on every pretty much principal building in France to this day, and you'll see them at the top. They're three words. And the first two sound just like very American. One is liberty. Two is equality. And they're like, yeah, they're just like us. It's the third one that they fall apart on, and what they call fraternity or brotherhood. A very smart, small synopsis of the French Revolution is one side got power and said, you know what, we want to impose our will on the other side. And they did. And the other side went, you know what, this really sucks. I don't like being told what to do. You know what, we're going to get power. And then they fought, they fought another revolution, got power, and then they enforced enforced their will on the losing side. And this ended with the guillotine. It was all about brotherhood, about sides, about winning. The American Revolution was the exact opposite. Where they spoke about fraternity and brotherhood, America spoke and was built on three simple words. E pluribus unum. Out of many, one. That is the founding principles that you were built on. To those who say today, because I get this is one of the most popular questions I guess, um, you know, what behind the scenes is, John, we're so divided now, you know, we can't even have a conversation over Donald Trump and the media and, and Russian collusion and, and the Democratic Party and AOC and all this stuff. I'm like, okay, let's just talk about history for a minute. Let's just talk about the, your, your history, not mine or not France's history. Let's talk about American history. If we use the figures that John Adams gave us, that at the time of your founding, 33% of the people were pro-revolution, wanted to leave Britain, that 33% wanted to stay, and 33% didn't care. Now, you picture yourself as a man or a woman who fought in the Revolutionary War, who signed up under General George Washington, and you went into those battles, and you actually read your history where it wasn't this thing where, we, you know, we're going to fight, we signed the Declaration of Independence, we're going to beat Britain, and then you had a little war and you all won. That is not how it happened. You lost a lot. You know, under Washington's own tru- under Washington's own guard and leadership, he went, engaged in battle with the British, lost, had to pull back, engaged again, lost, and had to pull back. It was a really brutal winter. If you read about the, the winter of December, especially December 1776, it was really brutal. They had losses. Now, think of yourself as a man in that Revolutionary War where you've lost maybe a brother, you've lost someone you became friends with, And then you actually win the Revolutionary War and you go home and you have to look at people in your own town who were either against you or didn't give a damn to have an opinion on it. 
Are you telling me you're more divided now than those troops were who were battered and bruised and hurting than in when they came back from the Revolutionary War? You, you've no, you've nothing on them. But the second thing is the idea of freedom, which is what we need to do. Freedom is a wonderful idea. But you have to understand that sometimes the results of freedom really suck. If you believe in freedom and we have a difference of opinion, the great thing about freedom is we can have a different opinion all day long. It's not a consensus, well, like we all have to see America the same way John does. No, you can see it the way I do. You may love it more, you may love it less. That's the great thing. You have that right as a free individual. That is the view your founders fought and died for, to have a difference of opinion, to, to insist on people see the same thing the way I do. That's monolithic thought. That is a form of tyranny, whether we know it or not. And we can guise it up under freedom, but we need to actually make the, these cases to people and share the history and share the principles. And treat each other like humans. Absolutely. And and Ab go ahead. Absolutely. Like you, you look at the founding fathers. Like they had so much difference of opinion. You know, like you, if you actually read about the Constitutional Convention, they had a lot of difference of opinion. You know, and there was a lot of different things. But at the end of the day, they all came together and actually created this, you know, this wonderful document that you call the Constitution. And they had major disagreements over the role of government, over whether you have a king or not, over, you know, federalism, over how the government should be funded, how it should be run, over debt. They had major disagreements. But at the end of the day, they all came back together. And we look at the founding fathers today as heroes among men, because they really, really did. When it came down to it, they put all their differences aside and put, you know, put together a, a document that I believe is divinely inspired. So I wondered then how, and again, you know more about my history than I do, um, why in our, in our media we hear so much about how the founding fathers were just rich old, you know, white men, and the, we, you know, we don't focus on the principles. You're right. We, we've lost the principle focus, and we're just focusing on, well, they're just, uh, you know, they're just redneck white men that, uh, you know, power hungry, you know, so maybe that's just people with an agenda, you know, people in power with an agenda, you know, like our politicians who have the power, unfortunately, mm -hmm. lost sight of that. And, and it's, it's more exciting and more passionate to just get each other fighting because then it, as long as we're fighting amongst each other, then they can sort of do what they want without being noticed is my theory. Sure. So there's actually, I would answer that two ways. Um, one is because of an ideology difference. You know, if you read the Constitution and you read the greatness of America's document, it's there's everyone is born with certain freedoms that are from God. And this idea of individualism, this great idea where you have a, a fundamental God-given right to pursue your happiness. I have that right. You have that right. Every one of your listeners has that right. Now, for me, my passion is America, you know, talking about American exceptionalism, talking about the idea of America, the idea of freedom. Yours might be, you know, some of your listeners might be my passion is to cure cancer. Others may be, you know, I just want to be a stay at home mom. Others may be I want to go build roads. Others may be I want to write, a, you know, the greatest fiction book ever. This idea of individualism, it can go off in so many different directions and it's uncontrollable. You know, you look at the advancements we've made in, in society. Look, you know, people wanted to create a, you know, the Internet wanted to create, you know, lighting, heat, you know, pot belly stoves. That idea of individualism, it, can, it can't be controlled. If you have real rugged individualism, it can't be controlled. 
Whereas what you're seeing right now is we want controlled outcomes. You look at the political debate, pretty much on both sides of the aisle. They want, you know, the, a, a, a kind of, you know, to be able to give an answer of what people will do and how people will act. And they don't take into account that we're all individuals with different passions, with different motives, with different ideas. So if you, there's, it's, it's fundamentally chalk and cheese. The second thing, and it's more personal in the media, I believe, is that, let me give you an example. Um, is there any type of, you know, do you ever watch wrestling or do you watch any soaps, you know, modern, you know, I don't know what soaps are on in America. I don't watch any soaps anywhere. But, you know, is there any sitcom you watch? Yes. Uh, give me one sitcom. Like The Office. Okay, The Office. Well, would you watch The Office if everyone got along? And everyone was really nice to each other and everyone had the same set of principles and it was dull and it was boring and everyone like gave each other hugs and high fives and there was no insults. There was no drama. There was no, nothing ever went wrong. Everything was always great. Would you watch that for like 10 series? Uh, no, I think it would be a little bit boring. There you go. That's the exact same reason in, 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 in the media. No one will watch the media. You know, there's, there's, if you actually, and there's stats to back this up, by the way. I remember, like, if you look at the, the three highest grossing papers a uh, day, newspaper sales days of all time, it's 9 11, uh, World War II, and something else. Like, it's really bad news. Yeah. If there's bad news, people will flock to the media. You exactly. know, if, that's what they want. And the, the idea of, well, if we just treat everyone with respect and we're nice and we don't insult people and we just make things about principles, no one's going to watch. You know, you, you look at the, the people who are popular in the media, it's, you know, they tend to be just, just let's throw everyone under the bus. And, and by the way, no one's even watching the media. You look at some of their, the, the ideas, uh, the ratings, they're not as good as they used to be historically. So, you know, it's just this, this incentive to my side versus your side. And it's always your side. It's your side is the problem. And it's the same on both sides. Republicans say this about Democrats. Democrats say this about Republicans. And we never discuss principles. And that's why people have bought into this. I think if we can actually step back and look, okay, let's have an honest discussion. Not about Republicans, not about Democrats, not about liberals or conservatives, just about principles. Let's put the answers forward. I'll always be a, a constitutionalist, but you know, if you have unconstitutional answers, I'll entertain them and let's have a discussion. We may have a, at that end of that discussion, I'm prepared to say we have to agree to disagree, but that's cool. We see things different. People are not okay with that. And I think part of it, a large part of it is the media because it's easier to go, oh, you're just an idiot. You're a moron. You're a dummy. You're wrong. I'm right. I'm awesome. And it's it's just easier and it's starting to play into your culture. And then you add on top of that the social media where, you know, we have, you know, Twitter is a prime example. It doesn't lend itself to let's discuss the Declaration of Independence, but keep it under 280 characters because, you know, I might get bored. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, no, exactly. Our attention span is, is is gone. And I even I even was hesitating, you know, when I wanted to have you on this show about, OK, because I could talk to you for hours. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm just, I'm conscious of the attention span of uh, listeners, you know, I, I want to give them something good, but you have to like sanitize things to a point, you know, to get it shortened down. Um, yeah. Well, I, I think, yeah. it, I think it's, there's, there's, there's I, I found it's the exact, it, it, it's, there's two different camps. The people who, you know, are really engaged will read anything. So like I used to work in, 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 in print and I used to do like, or I used to, I still do a bit, but I used to be like an editor for a couple of sites. And like I was at worked under editors as a writer and stuff. And they'd always have this arbitrary limit of if it's over under a thousand words, it's okay. If it's over a thousand words, it's bad. And I'm like, but you know, I've read 600 word articles that are as boring as dishwater. 
Likewise, I've read, you know, 3000 words that were incredibly, you know, intoxicating. It's about the talent. We need to to get away from it. You know, I think there are people out there who if they're engaged and they want to learn more and if they're not been spoken down to is what I believe is the difference. If we're not talking down to people, if we're trying to encourage people to find their way in life to pursue their happiness and, you know, with, speak with passion, they can listen for hours to, you know, to, you know, certain principles. Um, the otherwise it is, you know, it's to new listeners to get people in. You have to keep time, you know, things short and you know to really grab their attention so it's it's a, it's a hard mix to find and you know we're all struggling to find it right and you know uh, content is good content is good content regardless of the length um i used to always you know when i was in college get frustrated when i was told you know okay you have to speak on this topic and it has to be x amount of pages and i was like why yeah. is it important why is mm -hmm. it relevant or or in church I'll, I'll be asked to give a talk about something and they said you have 15 minutes why is why is the time important? We're we just filling time to fill time. Yeah, you know, if I can say this in five words versus five thousand, and it you know means this, it means the same thing. Then let me do that in five minutes. Exactly, I, I agree. We we've become so focused in on the, the 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 stats around you know content rather than the actual content. And you know, if you look at the content that we're watching now, it's incredibly bland and dull and boring. You know, like, you know, how many conversations have you watched? You know, even in the media, the people you like that are that are engaging, that encouraged you, that inspired you. You know, compared to those that don't. You know, do you actually get something from media? You know, do you get something from the people you listen to? And I always try and say this, and I don't care. I'm not promoting me or anyone else. You know, I'm blessed to to have a show on the Blaze, and I consider there's a lot of great hosts at the Blaze. But I always say anywhere. You know, if you're watching ever who you're watching regardless of what side you are do they make you question um, or are they telling you what to think and are they boring are they they encouraging you to learn and i think that's what we need if we can encourage people to go hey i don't have all the answers i'm not an expert i love your history i've read a lot of your history you know i've probably read more about your history than probably a large chunk of americans but i'm no expert you know question me go research your own stuff and if you find out i'm wrong on something you know by all means tell me i'll i'll correct the record but you know to encourage people to learn and i think that's what we need to do and i think we need to get out of the i think the media is going to change though as well yeah because people are just tired of it and case in point i i used to be a big fan of sean hannity mm -hmm. and while i I think generally still agree with the principles he's talking about. I cannot stand the fact that he just argues with people incessantly and it's mm -hmm. always your side, my side. And I'm like, dude, I am done. I'm not listening. Yeah. To him. I can't do it anymore because it's so dark and I was mm -hmm. becoming dark and yeah. becoming negative. And I was a talk radio junkie for 18 years. And even Glenn, I love Glenn, but I had to stop listening to his show even just because it was just, I felt like I was always preparing for the end of the world. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I gotta go, I gotta go build my own thing. I gotta go do my own build myself, you know, and you know, I'm glad I, I, I periodically tab into his show, obviously, because I found you. Yeah. Um, so you know. I think, and I think that's the great thing, you know, we have so many choices, you know, the idea that you have, you only have one person to listen to on, on radio at a certain time to hear about the constitution is, you know, is, is horrible. You know, we should have different people. And that's, that's, you know, that's one of the reasons I love the blaze so much. You know, there's a lot, I disagree with pretty much, I have major disagreements with pretty much everyone on the blaze, but the great thing I love about the, the blaze as a family now is because, you know, after merging with CRTV is, you know, there's a bit of everything for everyone. You know, if you, yeah. if 
you like Glenn and you like stories and you know you understand that you know the war he is a catastrophist and he has a lot of warnings and you know they some may come true some don't but he's you know he's he's warning you and giving you the information you got Glenn you know if you want more principled you know but with a lot of politics you got Mark Levin you know you have Eric Bowling you know if you want young and funny you got Stephen Crowder um you know if you want someone from the White House you got um, John Miller you know, and there's a lot of different other hosts there. You know, we have, you know, we have a rabbi and Rabbi Lapin. We have a Muslim with um, Rosudi Jasser, a friend of mine. You know, there's, you know, there's something for everyone. It's it, the one thing is great. It's a beaming example to everyone is, you know, the right are not just, you know, monolithic and we only have one way of seeing things and the right are dull and boring. No, well, look at the blaze as an example. We have major disagreements over Donald Trump, over trade, over free market economics, over the Constitution, but that we're all putting out, you know, principles. And you listen to who you want. If you, you know, if you if you like a crazy Irish guy, listen to him. If you don't go, you know, listen to Mark Levin, ever who it is. And that's the great thing about freedom. And, you know, we can listen to who we want and more voices, not less. It's a, buff a buffet of ideas, which. Exactly. Yeah. And like we, because we, are, the great thing about individualism is we are not all the same. You know, you can make the, you can link this to Christianity, but um, as well is that we are all different. You know, whether you like it or not, there are no two people the exact same. We all have a different set of backgrounds. We were all brought up by different parents in different cultures, in different areas, in different times, in different churches. So you know, the idea that you can put two people together and go, "Hey, you're just the exact same." is preposterous it just doesn't happen and that's the great thing about individualism and that's the great thing if we can actually say hey look we are all individuals we all see things slightly different but at the end of the day hopefully y'all can come together at the end of the day and say you know we are americans and you know historically that's what you've done you know some of the best days in your history you've shown us you know some of the stories i heard when i was in texas last year um, after I was literally in Texas um, when the Houston, when the hurricanes hit Houston, some of the stories, everyone, regardless of whether you're a race, you know, whether you're rich or poor, whether you're black or white, whether you're Republican or Democrat, that all went away. You know, you all just, you know, you were Texans that day and you, you all helped each other. Same way on 9-12, 9-11, one of the worst days in your history, 9-12, one of the greatest days. Everything irrelevant was just put aside and it was about your Americans. And if we can get to that, encourage that more often, then you know we 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 can actually make some major strides going forward. Yeah, you know those days are great because it, you know we're we're brothers and sisters at on those days. And mm -hmm. yeah, you're right. And it's like you're a human, you're a good person, just trying to do your best. And you know if if all of us were the same, then then some of us would be would be unnecessary if if we're all identical. Exactly. But also, how dull of a boring world would that be? You know, I, I'll I'll use myself yeah. as an example. I would hate. And I stress the word, I try not use this word because I'm a Christian. I would hate, like my version of hell is like one person or a hundred people or a, a 330 million people who are just like me. That is my version of hell. You know, if everyone sounded like me, then I wouldn't have this, you know, great unique accent for people to listen to, you know, or if everyone saw the world the way I did, it would be so horrible. It'd be like, it, it literally would be, that's maybe I think hell, that's maybe what hell is. You literally have to live with yourself multiplied by ever how many it is. Cause I would, I, I would kill me. <laughs> I would kill me as many times as there's many people God put in front of me. Cause I just couldn't do it. But, and that's me. So can you imagine what it'd be like for other people? So yeah, it uh, yeah, <laughs> agreed. It's too much competition. Yeah, and that's that's how I reach out to my friends on the left because everyone, if you all your, all your listeners, if there are any Democrats, they're going, yeah, I'd kill you too, John. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, so. it, 
it's a, I now at this stage of my life, I'm like, I welcome people, especially if they don't agree with me. Cause I, I, I see them as a, as a person. And I have a, a Facebook friend who has, I've, I've never met him in person, but been Facebook friends for four years. And we disagree on everything. And I finally had him on my show last year and the wall is down and he's a, he's a, a guy living his life, trying to do the best he can. And he is very articulate and he does his homework and he's helped me understand my own positions and make me want to do my own homework to find out why I believe the things I do. And maybe I'm not right all the time. And maybe all these things I've been taught my whole life aren't as solid as I thought. And he's just a a guy now that I would bring into my home and give him the shirt off my back. Whereas two years ago, I would have said, nah, you're just one of those guys in that category. So get off my porch. Yeah. And I think that's so easy because it's so easy to be defined by, you know, one of the things you have in your culture right now, and it's it's very European as well, is, you know, we judge everyone by the labels. You know, if only someone had ever lived and, you know, made the following phrase, you know, very popular. It's sad this never happened, but I want to judge people by the content of their character, you know, instead of these labels. Um, but if we can actually just actually follow that dream, it would be incredible because... I don't care what label you are. You know, I don't care who you vote for. I have someone who listens to my show who voted for Bernie Sanders in 2016. Now, if you've ever listened to one episode of my show, you literally will know me and Bernie Sanders probably have agreement on zero issues. But I asked him, I asked him several times, why do you listen to my show? He says, you give me something to think about. I disagree with you, but you give me something to think about. And I think if I love that attitude and I'll always talk to the guy, I'll always be respectful because that's who I am, but also because he just wants something to think about. And I think we all need to have that because when I debate, you know, liberals will message me going, hey, this is why you're wrong about the founding fathers. And they were all a bunch of slave owners. I'll listen to their arguments and then sometimes I'll turn them into, I'm, I'm selfish, I'll turn them into monologues for my show. You know, that's, that's how we work in this industry. But also it gets me better because I'll actually question myself going, am I right or are they actually right? And then I'll be able to do more research and use it as an opportunity to get better, not going, okay, well, you're just clearly, you're obviously one of those people and you're an idiot and you're just wrong and get away from me. And there's no self-reflection, no looking to get better, no looking to see what the other side is saying, but just to go, let's use it as an opportunity. If you have the mindset to see everything as an opportunity and not as a problem, you will have a better life. You will have a more open life, no matter how bad things get. Agreed. And the way you do it is you're not a jackass about it. And how you deliver is critical. Um, and just well, listen. thank you. I, I, I just have no time for hate. I really don't because, you know, there's, there's stuff I don't know. And I always go, I always, the reason, you know, another question I get a lot of time is, why do you never like lose it with people? Like people have been jerks to you online or, you know, and stuff. Why don't you ever lose it? I'm like, how many people do you know have you ever had this conversation with? Uh, they came home and they went, you know, honey, I realized I was wrong today. Oh, how did that happen? Well, it was this funny thing. I was on social media and this guy called me a jackass, a moron, an idiot. He couldn't have been ruder to me. And he told me I was wrong. And then I went and researched. And guess what? I found out I was wrong. I don't think that ever happened or has happened in the history of the world. I think it's usually someone go, hey, look, this is why I disagree with you. Here, here, here's, you know, go. These are some questions for you to answer, for you to think about. And then hopefully they do it. 
Um, but also as a Christian, you know, I'm taught that, you know, or I'm tried to teach, uh, you know, just because someone is nice to you, if you're only nice to people who are nice to you, you know, anyone can do that. Yeah, even, you know, that's a that's a scripture verse, you know, and yeah. the, we have to be nice to everyone, even if it, it pains us. And trust me, at times it's like, oh, do I have to be nice to this guy? And the answer is always, yep. And you're like, oh, crap. Well, but, yeah, yeah. It's, 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 you know, it, it helped me with my own Christianity uh, years ago when I just, I you just love your neighbor, not save your neighbor, not fix your neighbor, not make your neighbor a project. Love your neighbor. That's it. Mm -hmm. Yep. It's very simple. You know, it's, it's amazing how, you know, from a Christianity point of view, we literally cannot get it. We literally, we went from the start in the Garden of Eden of two commandments and one of them was have sex. To, you know, if you want to follow the Jewish rituals, then down to Ten Commandments. And then we even went got from Ten Commandments down to Jesus coming along and say, like, okay, just just love God and love your neighbor. Okay, how simple can this be? You know, this is not hard, guys. And yet, as humans, because we're flawed and none of us are perfect, we still haven't quite got it. So it's not hard, but it's the most difficult thing in the world to do. Mm -hmm. It sure is. And yeah. you know, and people don't make it easier as well. So and that's that's the thing and, and it that's that's our challenge as Christians and as people and you know it's it's I just hope I would just hope on if when I'm wrong on issues that people will pull me inside going hey John here's where you said you said this this is where you're wrong go read ABC and you go off and do your own research and then you correct the record um, but not been told hey this is why you're wrong you're an idiot you don't know what you're doing you don't know what you're talking about and this is why you're wrong so it's it's all about approach yeah agreed Agreed, man. Um, well, uh, I, I want to maybe kind of wrap this up a little bit, but sure. kind of a, uh, cause I, I, I'd love to talk to you for another three or four hours, but I know you, you probably got a line from here to Texas of people that want to talk to you. So, Not uh, quite. okay. Maybe here to, uh, Britain. Maybe. <laughs> uh, maybe. Um, just some, maybe some closing, you know, ultimate takeaway. If, if, if no one hears anything else, that we've talked about today, you know, in a couple sentences or something, you know, what can people take away and do, you know, and you know, something they can go and do other than, Hey, go read the constitution. Like we all should be doing. Um, the ultimate takeaway is the the future is what you make it. I believe we're at a crossroads in, in history right now where there's only two possible outcomes. And I'm really hopeful we take the right one. I think, you know, we either have a chance to be either freer than even the founders, and you know, could ever have dreamed of, or we're going to live in the worst tyranny that man has ever known and worse than any despot, the, you know, than Paul Pod or Hitler or Stalin or Lenin or any of those boys. I think that's the two choices we have. I'm optimistic that we have the solutions. We have the roadmap. If you want to believe in freedom, Go do your own research. Don't listen to me. Don't take my word for it. Go research it. Go question everything. You know, question, do you believe all men are created equal? Question, do you think we all have the same rights, whether it's Hillary Clinton or Donald Trump? You know, do they have a right to free speech? Do they have a right to protect themselves? Do they have a right to be secure in their persons and their papers? Or what rights do you support? But ultimately, whatever it is you're doing, find what you want to do and make it the best that you can be. And, you know, when it comes to America, you are an exceptional nation. And I can give you one piece of homework to do. This is to prove factually why America is exceptional to any other nation in the history of the world. If you take any arbitrary point in time, and let's just use a point in time, where if you believe it's 2019 right now, you believe in the, that 0 AD was the time of Christ. Look at 0 AD to 1750 AD. 
look at the advancements in any part of society. Don't let me influence you. Don't let Brian influence you. Don't let anyone influence you. Look at what you think, whether it's a, whether it's society, whether it's education, whether it's health, whether it's food, whether it's transportation, whether it's farming and agriculture, whether it's tourism. Look at any subsection of society you want for those 1750 years and look at the advancement that was made. Now look at the same part of society that you picked, not me, you picked, from 1750 to 2019 and look at the advancements. Why was that? Because of two things I believe. One, people have a right to pursue their happiness. They are not subject to a king or to a, a monarch or to a god or to anything. You are subject, you are a free individual. You have a right to pursue your happiness. But secondly, you have the right to reap what you sow. So if you are successful in pursuing your happiness and you make a lot of money, you have a right to keep it. That, that incentive is there. And that is a large part of why we have seen so much innovation over the last 250 plus years compared to the prior 1750. But do your own research. Have you read The 5,000 Year Leap? I have. It's one of the best books yeah. ever. And that's, that's where I did that exactly what it's talking about, about why that happened just because of the freedoms allowed for man's souls to flourish mm -hmm. and Absolutely. Uh, yeah, phenomenal read it's an amazing read and there's so many books like that there's we have so much choices out there so you know even if you go onto amazon and like google or sorry not don't go onto amazon and google but if yeah. like if you go search on amazon you know the little tab at the top and just put in certain words and go you know look for different books or go learn from so many authors you know there's so much work out there or even if you don't want to pay for it just google it and look for it and then you know even if you end up on a a, a the other sides you know website and you don't know you've never heard of it like it's a think tank from the other side Go read what you they say and kind of go, do you agree with it or disagree with it? And if you disagree with it, go, why do you disagree with it? Not because it's from the other side or because it's them or it's because of this author, but on the principles. Why do you disagree with it? Or why do you think they're right? And I think if we can actually encourage that around people, you know, to question for themselves, to question with boldness, um, then we have a bright future. Yeah, exactly. Uh, agree or disagree on principle is, you know, that's that's the bumper sticker. Exactly. And here's the other thing I think is important that we ha are lacking a large part in society right now. Be consistent. You know, be consistent on who you are. If you believe in a set of principles and your candidate or your party or your politician goes against those principles, speak out. You know, what we've seen over the last, on both sides of the odds, I've lost so many friends who used to be for the Constitution who are now, I don't know, if it's my side doing it, I'm okay with it. You know, like, you know, and I use the famous example that I was, and I'll take accountability, I was wrong on. For a couple of years, I defended the Patriot Act. That's back in the, the early 2000s. Yeah. I defended it because, quote unquote, it was my side. And I, you know, bought into the narrative, well, you know, it's better, you know, 9-11 and we need, you know, you all need to be secure. I love America so much and I bought into it. It violated the Fourth Amendment, you know, so, and I was wrong and I've apologized many times for that. I was wrong. But be consistent. What are your principles? Even if they're the exact opposite principles to me and you, have your principles and be consistent. And if it's your side or the other side or any side goes against those principles, speak out and say, look, these are you, this is why I believe you're wrong because of these principles and make the case. And and people have enough compassion to know, like you say, you you, you made an error and you fixed it and you changed course and people people can accept that. You know, that's the forgiveness that we have in our hearts. No. Exactly. Because none of us are, are are perfect. You know, none of us are right about all everything. 
you know so it's and that's the idea we if that that's another part of your founders that are incredible that humility and um, that you can be humble and say look you know what i'm not right about everything there are times i'm going to be wrong and that's you know to be humble enough to go okay i was wrong let's let's move on you know i i was wrong i apologize and you go through you know the process of saying listen this is why i was wrong and this is what i learned from it, and this is what i you know i'll never do it again and you use it as a as a as a stepping stone to get better because mistakes are are only mistakes forever if we don't learn from it. if you're like yeah i made a mistake screw it doesn't matter whereas if you're like this and i made this mistake it's a learning opportunity i'm going to be a better person because of this mistake i'm going to be more consistent because of this mistake then it's not a mistake it's just a it's just another chapter in your life of a of a lot of chapters right stepping stone to greatness absolutely exactly <sighs> Well, sir, thank you so much. Uh, I totally appreciate your time. And I want to just, uh, how can people connect with you? Podcasts sure. or, or your, you know, your sites or how do they connect with you and, and learn more about what you're doing? Cause you're doing some amazing stuff that everyone needs to hear. Well, social media is obviously the easiest one. I'm on Twitter at Freedom Disciple, on Facebook, Jonathan Dunn 58. I do engage with people. Um, I do engage more with people privately because you can actually have meaningful conversations that way. Um, but also, you know, if you look for my, my show, I'm blessed with show for free on The Blaze. If you go to any major platform, SoundCloud, iTunes, iHeartRadio, Google Play, Stomney, Stitcher, Player FM, Spotify, CastBox, you go wherever you listen to this show or any other show, look for Freedom's Disciple. You know, there's a new show out every Saturday morning so um, check it out and you know share it with your family and your friends if you want to hear why America is a great country and you know hopefully give you something to think about as well thank you again for listening to the Parish the Thought show we would love your comments and feedback on our website at briankeithparish.com feedback if you love or hate what you hear please give us a rating on whatever platform you find us